Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going over my top 36 wide receiver rankings and tiers for week number three of the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below while you're down there. Whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure that you do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you want to check out my weekly rankings as well as get any of your questions answered guaranteed check out the patreon for seven dollars and fifty cents a month down below in the video description so without further ado let's get into my week number three top 36 wide receiver rankings and tiers for the 2023 fantasy football season we begin in the s tier with the wide receiver number one on the week justin jefferson of the minnesota vikings going up against the la chargers at home in minnesota this matchup up against the la chargers is going to be an incredibly fun one to watch two offenses with incredible firepower kirko cousins kirko chains primetime kirk has looked good through the first two games of the season obviously the vikings record is no bueno at 0-2 but i do think kirk cousins is going to feed the rock to justin jefferson a ton in in this game think there's gonna be a lot of points scored in this one I think Justin Jefferson at the end of the week sits atop the iron throne as the wide receiver number one currently the wide receiver number three on the season in PPR at number two we have Tyreek Hill of the Miami Dolphins going up against the Denver Broncos at home in Miami a down week two in comparison to week one we had over 200 yards 10 plus receptions and two touchdowns but he still scored a touchdown last week and had 40 receiving yards with five receptions I think this week up against Patrick certain and the Denver Broncos Tyreek Hill has yet another great performance the availability of Jalen Waddle is still up in the air and I think if Jalen Waddle does not end up playing with that concussion that we might see Tua Tungavailoa force feed the ball to Tyreek Hill and maybe we get a repeat of week number one at number three we have CeeDee Lamb the Lamster of the Dallas Cowboys going up against the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona my only worry for this game for CeeDee Lamb is that this is a repeat of week number one in week number one the Dallas Cowboys bent the Giants over the table 40 to 0 and CD Lamb didn't really have all that great of a fantasy day. I am worried here that the Arizona Cardinals defense is soft as baby shit and the exact same thing happens as week number 1. I know they lost Trayvon Diggs, but ultimately they still have one of the best defenses in the NFL. The problem with that argument is that that Giants game was rainy so they were relying heavily on the run. This is a game in a dome, so even if they kick the ever-living shit out of the Arizona Cardinals CD Lamb should still be very involved in that. At number four, we have Stefan Diggs of the Buffalo Bills going up against the left hands up. Who are we? The Commanders in Washington. Wide receiver four in week 137 in week number two. Very evident Stefan Diggs is still the clear number one wide receiver on this team. The clear number one weapon. The matchup up against the Commanders isn't the best, but it's also not the worst. A pretty mid matchup for Stefan Diggs. He's still one of the better receivers in the NFL. He still is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Thus, Stefan Diggs is going to be a top five wide receiver basically every single week in my rankings at number five to close out the S tier we got Amon Ra St. Brown of the Detroit Lions going up against the Atlanta Falcons now there was some worry about Amon Ra St. Brown the sun god potentially missing but he was back in practice on Thursday yesterday with that toe injury the Atlanta Falcons defense is sneaky good but at the end of the day the Atlanta Falcons offense is also sneaky good and this might be a rock'em sock'em robots higher scoring affair just like we talked about with Justin Jefferson 
Houston going up against the LA Chargers. I still believe Amon Ross St. Brown is one of the better wide receivers in the game. I think Jared Goff is severely underrated, and I think Amon Ross St. Brown deserves a spot inside of the top five, moving to the A tier at number six with A.J. Brown of the Philadelphia Eagles going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. Now, while these guys are a tier down from the S tier guys, you're still starting all these guys, right? Zero even thought needs to enter your mind when it comes to A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, Calvary, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith. You are going to start all of these guys with pretty much a shit ton of confidence aside from Jamar Chase who we're going to be talking about in a couple of minutes. A.J. Brown is one of the biggest boom or bust wide receivers in fantasy football. We have seen the bust this season, right? A.J. Brown wide receiver 70 last week, but we know he has those 30-point performances in him where he's the number one or number two receiver on the week. So I get some people might fret because maybe they didn't know A.J. Brown was like this. It's been evident throughout his whole career. But this week, up against the Buccaneers in prime time, there's no reason to panic, no reason to fret on A.J. Brown. At number seven, we have Keenan Allen going up against the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. Top 24 wide receiver in both of the first two games. Obviously, we talked about this with Justin Jefferson. I think this is going to be a very high scoring matchup. I know a lot of people entering into the fantasy draft season were panicking. They were nervous about Keenan Allen because he's getting older, this, that, and the other thing. I told everyone that Keenan Allen was going to be just fine, and he has proved that thus far this season. Currently the wide receiver number five in PPR, and a must-start wide receiver on the weekly with, again, a shit ton of upside up against a bad Bad Minnesota Vikings defense. At number eight, we have Devontae Adams of the Las Vegas Raiders going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night football. Now, Devontae Adams has yet to finish as a top 12 wide receiver in PPR in either week, but at the end of the day, this guy is still one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League, and eventually, he's going to top the top 12, right? Even though Jimmy Garoppolo isn't the best quarterback on earth, you don't need that when you have a wide receiver as skilled as Devontae Adams. At number nine, we have Calvin Ridley of the Jacksonville Jaguars going up against the Houston Texans this week in Jacksonville. Calvin Ridley absolutely bent the Indianapolis Colts over a table without the use of lube in week number one, but he definitely backpedaled a bit in week number two, though. Still eight targets in that game, just two receptions, 32 yards. The whole Jacksonville offense definitely looked out of shape up against the Chiefs last week, but this is a perfect bounce-back spot up against division rival the Houston Texans. At number 10, we got Jamar Chase. Now, I am a little bit worried about Jamar Chase, not because I'm panicking that Jamar Chase was the wide receiver 44 in week one, 60 in week two, right? Jamar Chase is still one of the best receivers in the NFL, so if you are panicking, then in my opinion, you are a little bit crazy. But, why I am a little bit worried is that Joe Burrow might not play in this game, right? There's a chance that Minnesota Vikings legend Jake Browning is the starting quarterback of this team and that Rams defense while on paper entering into the season looks like a pushover this Rams defense looks too legit to quit so while I have Jabbar Chase ranked right now right now as the wide receiver 10 I'm gonna be honest with you if on Friday's practice Joe Burrow isn't there and he's not there on Saturday 
It's going to be very worrisome, and Jamar Chase is going to have to trickle down my rankings like the spider goes up the water spout. At number 11, we got Devontae Smith of the Philadelphia Eagles going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay, limited at Thursday's practice with a hamstring slash thigh injury. He hurt his thighs, humping the Minnesota Vikings and Patriots defense over the last two weeks. Currently the wide receiver seven in PPR. I assume he's going to be good to go on Monday night football. And with how Baker Mayfield has looked, this one might be a higher scoring game. Now, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. But Devontae Smith has been so reliable through the first two games that you have to continue to roll him out with confidence. Moving now to the B tier. Now I get this is a step down from the S and the A tier, but these are all still wide receivers that are no-brainers to be in my lineup in week number three. At number 12, we got Chris Olave of the New Orleans Saints. 10-plus targets in each of his first two games. He finishes the wide receiver 10 in week one, wide receiver 33 in week number two. Obviously, Michael Thomas continues to look good, but it does appear that Derek Carr has a much better 5G LTE connection with Chris Olave. I know the Saints offense as a whole looks pretty and the Packers defense is definitely tough but at the end of the day even up against the Packers defense I am not gonna go ahead and fade Chris Olave because the guy is just that fucking good at number 13 we have Puka Nakua of the LA Rams going up against the Cincinnati Bengals didn't practice on Thursday with an oblique he didn't practice last week either and then ended up having an absolutely nuclear performance like his name was fucking Oppenheimer up against the 49ers defense a top 10 wide receiver in both of his first NFL starts. Now, I know once Cooper Cup comes back, or if Cooper Cup comes back, maybe we need to backtrack a little bit on Puka Nakua, but right now, people need to start putting respect on this motherfucker's name as a must-start wide receiver weekly. This matchup up against the Cincinnati Bengals, if Joe Burrow plays, has all of the makings of one of those really high-scoring games. I think even if Joe Burrow doesn't play and Jake Browning is in as the signal caller of the Bengals. The Rams aren't going to let off the gas. The Rams are all gas, no breaks. Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, and Puka Nakua have been eating breakfast like him and Cooper Cup did in the past. And we all know, once you're in the breakfast club, you are going to dominate in fantasy football. At number 14, we got Mike Dub, Mike Williams of the LA Chargers going up against the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. A lot of people got nervous after week one against the Dolphins thinking, oh my god, Mike Williams didn't perform that well. Nick, 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 I'm really worried. I'm, uh, I'm gonna shit myself. I'm so scared. And then in week number two, I said he's gonna bounce back. Now, does he have this crazy performance? No. 13 targets, 8 receptions, 83 receiving yards. Pretty solid up against a defense in Tennessee that is a pass funnel. The Vikings defense, again, we've already talked about it this video, is really bad. So Mike Williams should be able to have yet another solid performance this week. And with his speed and big play potential, it should be a shock to no one if he finishes the week inside of the top five. Moving next to the C tier, beginning at number 15, which is the waddle away, waddle waddle, till the very next day, bum 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 bada bum of the Miami Dolphins. Now he is questionable with that concussion, did not participate in practice on Thursday. I don't think it is out of the realm of possibilities that he does end up suiting up on Sunday. I would say though right now for me as a Dolphins fan I feel like things are trending towards Waddle missing this game but again I don't want to bury him down the rankings at like wide receiver 30 and then magically he practices on Friday he's good to go Sunday and then I have to tell everyone to throw him back in their lineup right so right now Waddle should be sitting in your lineup 
And then if he doesn't play, you obviously move him out. He hasn't finished inside the top 24 yet this season, but that's A-OK. He's still getting volume. This is one of the best offenses in the National Football League, if not the best offense in the NFL. So Jalen Waddle will get his eventually. No need to panic on him. At number 16, we have DK Metcalf of the Seattle Seahawks going up against the Carolina Panthers at home in Seattle. DK Metcalf didn't practice on Thursday with a rib injury a big hit in week two left Metcalf with an injury to his ribs that he's currently nursing now he didn't practice on Thursday but that does appear based upon what I read from Leo Sells to be more of a precautionary measure a precautionary tale George Orwell shout out to the Lonely Island I expect Metcalf to play Metcalf, another guy who hasn't finished as a top 24 wide receiver yet this season. But if there was ever a game to do it, it would be up against the sorry Carolina Panthers. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, make sure you hit that subscribe button as well as hit that like button down below. And number 17, we have Amari Cooper of the Cleveland Browns going up against the Atlanta Thons at home in Cleveland. Currently questionable is Amari Cooper, but ultimately I still do believe he is going to be able to play in week number three. He did look solid in week number two, despite the fact that everyone and their mother was reporting that Amari Cooper was not going to play in that game. 10 targets, 7 receptions, up against a solid Steelers defense with 90 yards. Now, Deshaun Watson has had a roller coaster ride of the season, right? Week 1, starting to look good. Week 2 looks absolutely atrocious, but if there was a game for Watson to bounce back, it would be up against the Titans. We've talked about this before. The Titans defense is incredibly stout. They are rock solid like your cock after you take a Rhino gas station pill, but up against the pass, you know, against the run, they're elite, right? They're amazing. But up against the pass, they are no bueno. So Amari Cooper should be able to have a solid game. This guy was dunking on defenses like his name was Giannis Antetokounmpo last year with Jacoby Brissett under center. So there are better days ahead for Amari Cooper. At number 18, we have T. Titty Boy T. Higgins, wide receiver four last week, dominating the Baltimore Ravens. 12 targets, eight receptions, 89 receiving yards, and two total touchdowns. But, and this is a big butt shout out to Kim Kardashian, there is some worries about Joe Burrow. Now again, can you still start T. Higgins without Burrow and pray to the football gods above that Jake Browning can be competent enough for Higgins to be a top 24 guy? 100%. But I am going to panic big time and start moving Jamar Higgins, and even Mixon down the rankings at number 19 to close out the C tier here. We got Mike Evans of the Bucks going up against the Eagles at home in Tampa Bay. Now, entering into the season, I was a big Mike Evans guy. I was as big as Lizzo on Mike Evans, but there was a lot of detractors. A lot of people saying, Nick, don't you know Baker Mayfield kind of sucks, Nick? Don't you know the Bucks offense is going to be bad, Nick? Don't you know they don't have Tom Brady anymore, you stupid motherfucker? And yeah, I knew all those things. And yet, Evans is currently the wide receiver for in PPR. Now, I'm not here to victory lap, to do my money dance like fucking Johnny Manziel, right? Shout out to Manziel, throwing the ball to Evans in college. But what I will say is through the first two weeks, if you had Evans and you started him, you were happy. I get the Eagles' defense on paper is good, but they're dealing with a lot of injuries. So, could Baker Mayfield have a real nice game yet again? Baker's looking good. Baker really is looking good. Evans has looked good. So again, there is something that I talk about every single year in fantasy football. It is the heat argument, or the heating up argument, right? Mike Evans is on fucking fire NBA Jam style right now. You try to touch him, 
you're going to burn yourself, right? Wide receiver 13-3 and three in the first two games. Wide receiver 4 on the season in PPR. Are you really going to sit the wide receiver number 4 on the season? No. And again, maybe I have him ranked too low at wide receiver 19. I feel like this might be a downward slope for Evans type of game, but still pretty safe as a top 20, top 24 wide receiver. And it wouldn't shock me, again, I haven't ranked as wide receiver 19, if he was like a top 12 wide receiver yet again. But we are due for a down Baker game, but maybe not, right? Maybe Baker's turned the other leaf, turned the other page, and maybe Baker is going to be the franchise guy for the Buccaneers moving into the D tier. But before we do so, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Manscaped. Fresh ball fall is upon us and you need to be in the festive spirit. Light a candle, get some pumpkin spice, and make sure your balls are looking nice with the sponsor of today's show, Manscaped. Nature may clear the leaves of their trees, but you'll need Manscaped's help to get you ready for that sweater weather. Get your pants, puppies, prepared for cuffing season with a trim as refreshing as a fall breeze by going to manscaped.com and using code notorious for 20% off plus free shipping. Manscaped has some of the greatest tools for grooming as a guy. As someone that has used some other products and things haven't went too well, I will assure you that Manscaped is on the top of the line. Again, bring in Fall Right and get 20% off and free shipping with the code Notorious at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use promo code Notorious as the leaves fall. Make sure you have it all with Manscaped. Back on into things at number 20. Again, if you have enjoyed, hit that like, hit that subscribe button. Tyler, lock it in my pocket. Skirt of the Seahawks. Now, if DK Metcalf doesn't end up playing, I would elevate Lockett close to where DK Metcalf is inside of the top 18 at the wide receiver position. Lockett is one of those guys that is very hot and cold, right? Week one, wide receiver 90. Week two, two touchdowns. Wide receiver six up against the Lions. Again, the Carolina Panthers defense is a steaming pile of dog shit, so I like the up side of Lockett. It really doesn't feel like JSN has too much of a role carved into this offense just yet. Geno Smith bounced back after a piss poor week number one, so I think Lockett's going to be fine going forward. He has some really solid matchups coming up. Carolina, New York, then he's got the bye, then Cincinnati, Arizona, Cleveland, Baltimore, Washington. Like a lot of games where Tyler Lockett can shaggy get him wet here. Again, you have to understand that when you play Lockett, I talked about this all offseason. If you weren't watching the videos then, he's like a firecracker, right? You throw him in your lineup, sometimes you get a nice firecracker show, right? Like it's fucking the 4th of July. But sometimes you end up like Jason Pierre-Paul with a couple less fingers afterwards. So either Lockett has that big game, that explosion, or he explodes all over you, Bukake style. But at the end of the way, at the end of the day... I'm still starting. Tyler Lockett in my pocket skirt at number 21. Can you do something for me? My guy, Nico Collins. This was one of my strongest flag plants in the offseason. I was getting down on my knees metaphorically and giving this guy the sucky sucky, the gawk gawk 9,000 top 24 wide receiver in both of the first two games, wide receiver six on the season. And CJ Stroud is looking very, very good. This Jaguars defense might be muy delicioso for CJ Stroud here. So I'm liking Nico Collins a ton this week. Very consistent over nine targets in the first two games. Last week, nine targets, seven receptions, almost 150 yards, 146 yards 
yards and a touchdown at number 22, Chris Godwin. Now, Godwin has been impressive when you throw the game on and you watch it. Right? You see, hey, Godwin's open. Godwin looks explosive. Godwin looks like he's running some nice routes. Baker's hitting him. But he hasn't really popped on the stat sheet like Mike Evans has, right? Eight targets last week, five receptions, 58 yards, no touchdowns. Week one against the Vikings, six targets, five receptions, 51 yards. All it takes is that touchdown or that bigger bomb, that missile from Baker Mayfield for Chris Godwin to have a much bigger game. Again, I'm not quitting on Chris Godwin yet, especially with how potent this Buccaneers offense looks. At number 23, Michael Pittman Jr. of the Colts going up against the Baltimore Ravens. A humongous week one, a down week two, but the targets were still very much there. Problem was, in week two, for like half the game, they didn't have Anthony Richardson. Now this week, for probably the full game, they won't have Anthony Richardson. Now maybe something changes today, Anthony Richardson fully participates in practice, and then you can just kind of go, nah, 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 like when you're a little kid and you plug your ears and you're making fun of someone. I don't know, maybe that's just something from my age group of kids used to do that all the time. It was fucking stupid. But, 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 if Gardner Minshew is under center, I don't feel as confident in Pittman but again, we start to see a pretty stark falloff at wide receiver coming up very soon. So I still believe Pittman's going to get a bunch of targets. The problem is, what's he going to do with it if Gardner's under center? I actually think Gardner is a little bit underrated. And I think if you give Gardner the whole week of practice as the QB1, which he's gotten this week, he will do just fine up against the Ravens. So Pittman will be fine. But obviously, for pure upside standpoint, right? For that huge week where he is smacking, he is going insane, nuclear, super sane. You probably want AR-15, Anthony Richardson under center. At number 24, Jordan Addison Ray. I want a bad bitch. Jordan Addison Ray, over 60 yards and a touchdown in both of his first two performances of his NFL career. Finishing 18th at wide receiver so far in the season in PPR. Again, a wet dream matchup against the Chargers. Kirk Cousins looks reinvigorated. It seems like after that Netflix special aired on him, he turned into another man or into a different man. He's got more drip and you are liking that. You like that. Shout out to Kirk Cousins. Jordan Addison's looking great. Chef's Kiss Man Week. Addison was one of my guys in the offseason as well. So uh, things are looking pretty good coming up my way, except for Darren Waller, who uh, hasn't been looking that good. Shout out to the 49ers defense. That just shit all over the Giants. Next up, we move to the E tier. This is a big tier of guys. This is where the worry starts to set in. Wiki, wiki, DJ Moore of the Bears going up against the Chiefs in Chic or at home, or no, not at home, in Kansas City. At Kansas City. Seven targets, six receptions, 100 plus yards, 26th at wide receiver on the week. Please, Justin Fields, figure it out because if Justin Fields could figure things out and throw the ball just somewhat accurately to more and actually hit these open receivers then this game could be the Rock'em Sock'em Robots high scoring game right if you told me entering into the season before we saw what a fucking unmitigated disaster the Bears offense was if you said Nick how many points do you think are going to be scored in the Bears versus the Bengals game in week three I was higher than some giraffe coochie on the Chicago Bears, right? I thought Justin Fields, Khalil Herbert, as well as DJ Moore were going to go nuclear. That hasn't happened yet. So I would have thought this would be a high-scoring game. Now, maybe Fields figures it out, right? That's what we're hoping, because if Fields does figure it out, DJ Moore has been devoid of a great quarterback in the NFL, and I think once he gets one, it's going to be a huge year. Let's just hope that Fields figures it out, and DJ Moore isn't a big 
that bust. At number 26, we got D-Hop, DeAndre Hopkins of the Lethi Dons going up against the Cleveland Browns. Not present in the open portion of practice with that ankle injury. I'm not too worried. Viral video came out yesterday on Bart School Sports, or at least that's where I saw it, of DeAndre Hopkins in the Tennessee Titans facility on his phone taking an online Zoom class at a college. It's just very funny. Like, you see him just walking through, not paying attention at all, and the Titans logos everywhere. Imagine how sick it would be if you were just sitting in Zoom class, and you look up and you see fucking DeAndre Hopkins there, right? That'd be crazy. That would be crazy. I would try to become friends with DeAndre Hopkins, but I don't think me and DeAndre Hopkins have many things alike, right? This guy's very tall. I'm kind of short. He's good at football. I talk about football. Probably doesn't like fantasy people, right? A lot of these NFL players don't like fantasy people because of how some people treat these players, right? Alexander Madison, people are slinging shit at this guy. Don't do that. Now, again, I'm not here to lecture you guys, but don't come after these players after they have a bad game for you. Hopkins has been just okay this season. I do think the Titans' offense is kind of sneaky good, but it would just appear that Hopkins kind of belongs in this range of, like, wide receiver 25 through 32 every single week. Obviously, he could pop off as the top 12 receiver because he's so good, but up against the Browns' defense, I think he belongs back here at 26. And at 27, we have Garrett Wilson of the Jets going up against the Patriots at home in New York. Now, for Garrett Wilson, this is one of those guys where you have to fucking wear your pajamas inside out like you're hoping for it to be a snow day back in elementary school, right? Wear your hat backwards, put everything on backwards the night before as if you wear a hat to bed unless you're like one of the fucking like Scrooge back in the day or what is that movie called you know what I'm talking about where the ghost of Christmas past is there and the guy's walking with like the lantern like the little um it looks like a gravy thing you know what the gravy's in and fucking Thanksgiving he's got like a candle and he's got that weird hat right no one sleeps in this those hats anymore it's not like the 17 fucking hundreds anymore but you get what I mean right sleep with everything inside out and pray to the football gods above that Zach Wilson can connect once with Garrett Wilson on a touchdown because Garrett Wilson should have had two tugs last week not just one he scored a touchdown in each of the first two games again Garrett Wilson is as risky as it gets it's like going in there without a condom and you know that chick might have a case of the herpes but it is what it is right a a bit of the clap the chlamydia but you do it anyways because it's fun you know what else is fun playing Garrett Wilson because the upside is so high. Number 28, you got George Pickens of the Steelers going up against the Raiders in primetime on Sunday night. Now, I would be so confident right now in George Pickens without Deontay Johnson if Kenny Pickett didn't literally look like he had zero idea how to read an NFL defense. Now, I know Pickens has a good game, 127 yards, one touchdown. Hooray! Hip, hip, hooray, right? But when you put it into context... You realize that he had 10 targets and only 4 receptions because Kenny Pickett is fucking blind. He's Stevie Wonder out there. So, I got Pickens buried a little bit. He's got a lot of upside, but I'm just worried. It's the same thing with Moore, Hopkins, Wilson, Pickens. Same thing goes with Jacoby Myers. Now, Jacoby Myers went balls deep into the Broncos defense in week one, wide receiver three, practiced in full on Thursday with a concussion, so he should be good to go in this game on Sunday night. But I do worry that maybe that was a fluke, right? Maybe DeAndre Hopkins, or not DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams goes back to being the clear number one receiver on this roster, or maybe Josh Jacobs finally shows up and has a huge game. So again, I like Jacoby Myers. I'm definitely starting him, but I am a little bit more cautious in week number three. If he didn't get that concussion and played in week number two, he would have probably been ranked as like the wide receiver 15 because after that performance, sheesh, 
Things were looking real good. At number 30, we got Zay. I could find myself flowers of the Baltimore Ravens. Week one, absolute lunacy. Dominant. Amazing, right? Wide receiver 16. But then week two, dips down a little bit. Wide receiver 51. This is kind of what I figured we'd get out of the Ravens wide receiver one, right? It seems like Odell might miss. Rashad Master Bateman is kind of lost in the weeds. So Zay Flowers is the pseudo number one. Now, they obviously have Marky Mark Andrews on the team, who's a touchdown hog, red zone hog. So you're going to end up with some big games out of Flowers, some down games out of Flowers. But ultimately, you still have to rank him in this range as a top 32 receiver because when he hits... He's going to hit big, right? He's got that Conor McGregor left hand, right? That knockout power, that Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder shot that sends you straight to fucking ask a man. So while it's going to be up and down, in and out, pause with Zay Flowers, I think you just got to start him at this point. He still looks like the wide receiver one, and I think Lamar is going to have a solid day here up against the Colts. To close out the East here, we got wide receiver 31, Christian Kirk. Now, I think every single week, it is going to be topsy-turvy with Kirk and Zay Jones, right? Calvin Ridley is going to be that stagnant guy, that main hammer piece for the offense. Obviously, week two was kind of down for him, but you get the point, right? Christian Kirk had his show in week two against Kansas City. 14 targets, 11 receptions, 110 yards. Fantastic, right? Wide receiver 13. The Texans defense, not very good. No bueno, so Christian Kirk should be just fine. But I will note that if Zay Jones and him are popping in and out every single week, it is going to be a little bit tough to figure out which one to start. On paper, Kirk is the way more explosive player, the way more fun player to have in your lineup. But it is important to note that Zay Jones has been playing more than Christian Kirk in times of snaps. At number 32 to begin the F tier, Terry Scary McLaurin of the Commanders going up against the Let's Go Buffalo Bills at home in Washington. Down week one, coming off the injury though, bounces back in week two as the wide receiver 25. I think this game could be a sneaky, interesting one because the Commanders are 2-0 and Eric Bieniemy has those boys buzzing in Washington. Sam Howell, the Howell band is looking pretty good, but I will note that this might be a big come down to earth game up against the Bills. Again, not the worst start, but not an ideal start. At number 33, Michael Thomas going up against the Green Bay Packers at home, or not at home, in Lambeau Field. He's been getting the targets, the slant man, nine targets week two, eight targets week one, but he's yet to crack the top 32. Seems like he's open a lot. In the red zone, he was open a lot last week but he just couldn't find pay dirt. I bet him to be the first touchdown scorer, and he was, like, open a bunch of times, and Carr just couldn't find him, right? It was, like, fucking a hide-and-go-seek match against John Cena. Michael Thomas just was not found by Derek Carr. So, again, I still think Thomas is roster-worthy. I think in certain situations you can play him, but we're really praying for a touchdown at this point, and I don't think that's going to happen this week against the Packers. At number 34, we got 2-2 Atwell of the Rams going up against the Bengals in Cincinnati. I think out of all these guys, he is probably the safest bet, if we're being honest with you. Eight-plus targets in each of the first two games. Currently, the wide receiver 16 in PPR with a pretty solid matchup up against the Bengals. The problem is, though... 
he's not really going to score many touchdowns because of his stature, his build. You think if they get in the red zone, it's going to Puka, it's going to Higby, or it's going to go to the hammer himself, Kyron Williams. So again, I like Atwell, going to get a bunch of targets, but his upside is kind of capped by the touchdowns. At 35, we have another one of those guys where you are just praying to the heavens above, please, Drizzy Drake London, get some fucking targets because week two, he gets targets and he looks good against the Packers. Eight targets, six receptions, 67 yards, and a score. The problem is in week two, they doubled, Desmond Ritter doubled his passing output of week one, double the amount of passes. So do we see up against the Lions more pass-heavy game, more run-heavy game? You already know they're going to run a lot. You already know they're running a lot. So are they going to pass the ball some more? We shall see. Again, great matchup up against the Lions. I just wish we had more confidence. I wish I could have some vaginal hubris. Shout out to Jenny from the league in Drake London. I wish I had more of that confidence in London, but he just doesn't feel safe. Moving now to the final guy here in a G tier of his own. Jerry Judy of the Broncos going up against the Dolphins in Miami. Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited, was popping off in week two. I'll give it to him. Looked decent in week one. The problem is Judy didn't get many of those bombs that were thrown to Marvin Mims. Wasn't getting the touchdowns that were scored by some random motherfucking wide receivers you've never heard of. So, still like Judy. Still think he's a great player. But I'm going to be honest with you. I think this Dolphins defense is a lot more legit than we saw in week one. They looked a lot better in week two. I think they're going to be good against Jerry Judy. I think Judy has the chance to get locked up. Don't let me out by Xavier Howard in week number three shout out to Xavier howard my main man my corner one on the dolphins this man right now allegedly is having four kids with four different women at the same time so shout out to x he's a player he gets it done on the field and off the field but uh don't be silly guys wrap your willy don't be like Xavier howard so i love you guys all so much I hope you all do have a great one. Make sure you guys check out Manscaped, linked in the video description. Hope you enjoyed that ad. Those ads are always fun to record. Uh, if you did end up enjoying and you are new to the channel, hit that subscribe button. Thank you guys all so much for 28,000 subscribers. That's crazy. So crazy. I love you guys all so much. The goal is to hit 30,000 subscribers relatively soon. I can't wait to do that, but I couldn't have done it. All right, I, I can't do it without you guys. Without you guys, this is all impossible. I want to thank you guys from deep down in my heart. Thank you guys so much for everything. Uh, you guys have really just done everything for me. It's so amazing. And again, none of this is done without you guys. Without you guys, I'd just be talking to a blank screen. I don't want to get emotional here, but I do love you guys genuinely. I hope you do all have a great one. We'll be back tomorrow with another video and then live on Sunday prior to the Sunday Slated Games. Love you guys all so much. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Have a great one. As always, good boy.